and welcome to the Essential Property Podcast with your hosts, Paul Samuda and Amanda Woodward. With 45 years of combined experience in the world of property buying, selling, investing and developing, they are here to share with you their knowledge in the Stoke-on-Trent, Newcastle-under-Lyme and Crew property market. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Essential Property Podcast, where we discuss all things property related within the Crew, Stoke and Newcastle area of the country. The podcast is directed at landlords, investors and agents, or anyone new to the area and thinking of investing in residential or commercial real estate. My name is Paul Samuda, and I'm pleased to have with me Jessica Olsen-Zabel of Urban Rook, a London-based interior design company providing services for investors and developers nationally, and in particularly the north of the country. This is the first of two episodes that we're going to focus on interior design. This particular one is going to be focused on service accommodation, and we'll also do one on HMOs. Jessica, welcome. Um, Perhaps you can give me a brief introduction into your background and how you got into interior design and thereafter service accommodation. Hi, Paul, and thank you so much for having me on. Yes, so uh, I am a a Scandi girl from the beginning. (laughs) I'm from Sweden originally. I came to this country many, many years ago, in 95 actually. And what I ended up doing when I first came to the country is that I finally went back and did a university degree in something I really wanted to do. I was a nurse before that. My mother felt that I was uh, supposed to serve other people. (laughs) My dream was to become an interior designer and I went back and I started to become an, uh, a designer furniture and interior designer so I have been a professional interior designer since um, well literally for 21 years now so before I became an investor myself as well that's all I did for years and years and years I worked with a lot of investors and developers to help them with schemes and interior design and at that point it was mostly in London. But with my um, property investment business growing, I have also grown with my design and helping more and more investors to to create amazing spaces for tenants, short stay and long term guests or um, tenants, really. Okay. Okay. great, great. Uh, Thanks for that introduction. So so your your company is called Urban Rook Design. What was the main motivation for starting that your own design company? I mean, you could have gone off, well, you probably did work for other design companies, but what made you start your own design company? Well, first of all, I'm not a very mainstream person, so I don't like to work for other people. <laughs> so uh, to work for other people was not an option in my case. I have always worked on my own. I Yes, I have worked for other people. That's not necessarily true, but it has always been as pretty much self-employed with other people, so to speak. So I work for furniture companies and done displays and uh, and I have done um, advertisement campaigns and so on, room sets and that sort and design directing within a glass furniture company. But I have been self-employed since 2012 with Urban Rook. Urban Rook Co.uk is my company. It's just really word of mouth. I have literally done just that 
I do one project and I get recommended for another one and it all works like that. It's all, and I work repeatedly with the same investors as well, you know. Well, I think it's always said that the best type of advertising is always referral and word of mouth. Um, yeah. so, that's, so that's brilliant. So, I mean, for our listeners, service accommodation is <laughs> relatively new to the UK and certainly more specifically to Stoke and Crew. Whilst I know you're not necessarily focusing on Stoke and Crew in terms of what we're talking about today, but obviously when it comes to design, that's universal for all projects. Uh, be it small or large, SA, HMO, or, or, or whatever the project may be. In terms of the SA market, I think the SA market, in terms of some of the training that goes on out there, is probably no more than six or seven years old in any sort of intense way for investors. What attracted you to the SA market? Were you doing some of that before, sort of guest houses, apartments? Or was it on the back of investors saying, you know what, I want to do something slightly different. I want a better yield. Let me go into service accommodation space. Right. Yes. So my uh, second passion growing up was tourism, right? I loved uh, hotels and I loved tourism and and accommodation and so on so i again it's a sector that really interested me so when i went into property investment myself it was one of the things i decided very early on that i was going to do whether that was popular or not so again i went my own way and i ended up doing before I even purchased my own properties, I started working very much with investors that wanted to do the SA sort of style and accommodations and so on, short, short let. And a lot of them were corporate lets. And that's literally how I got into it. And being a hands-on girl, you know, I was on site a lot. I'm used to working with builders and working around builders and very tight deadlines and so on. It worked a treat and uh, investors really enjoyed having me on board and felt that they could hand over a key, so to speak, and uh, let me do my thing. Okay, brilliant. I know that for some of the hardened property investors, one of the things, the first thing they have to come to terms with if they're going to pivot towards SA is that SA is not the property business. SA is the hospitality business. Yeah. And, and there's a completely different mindset in terms of having an HMO or buy to let versus having a service accommodation unit or units in in a building, let's say. So I know that you have your own properties. I know that you have design stuff. I mean, I've seen some of the designs and they're pretty amazing. You bring in bespoke pieces where it makes sense to do so. In terms of some of the projects, we're in Stoke and Crew. Uh, The average property price in Stoke and Crew for a two-bedroom runs from 70000 up to 150000 depending on where in Stoke you are. Crew, a little bit higher than that. There aren't huge SA operators in either of those areas. It's an emerging market and some are doing apartments. So uh, a lot of the, our local investors are pretty limited on their budgets. So I want to talk a little bit about in terms of why anyone as an investor should employ a interior designer and what sort of budget they should put aside if they have a one bedroom, a two bedroom or a larger, you know, maybe multi apartment unit. Can you give, give some idea to that? 
Yeah, sure, sure. So I always work on a very sort of one-to-one basis, depending on the project, because some investors have furniture already, or they have a supplier they want to use, or they have X, Y, and Z already. So it's very hard to set a price. This is exactly how much it is. And also, everyone has different budgets. So I know that the area that we are talking about right now, high, high end, where you're spending thousands upon thousands, is not necessarily the right format for that area, right? So one has to take in consideration who are we speaking for or who is coming to stay in these places, right? So if it is tradespeople or if it is people there on projects or something like that, they're staying a little bit longer, it's always best to, let's say that you got mid-range, for example, and then you go a snippet above that. That's what you get from a design flair, right? Using a designer means that you will get the best unit in that area and you will pick up the people that want to live in a in a decent place and not just a bed and a desk. Otherwise, most people can put a bed and a desk and a kettle in a room or whatever it is that they need, right? I'm there for the other people that want to create a healthier profit on those units. The ones that want that extra touch, that wants those, like you said, maybe a slight bespoke feel to it and maybe make an extra £15 per night. Or if it's a bigger product or a bigger house, we can talk about sometimes a couple of hundred pounds more per night, right? So I always maximise always, always maximize the pricing in the in the area. That's like my motto and I always reach that. That uh, just goes without saying. So someone that wants to use someone like me and pay the extra fee will make and create more money on each and every unit that they, they hire me to do. That's just the bottom line. And I think that is probably not well understood. Both you and I have done property development property training courses and the focus on interior design is probably absent from those courses unless they do an essay course but even then they're focusing on putting together the numbers and doing the research rather yeah they forget about the importance of the steps actually and i I can definitely attest to and you know i've shared some of my properties with you and got some input from you i can definitely attest that having an extra layer of design definitely increases the bottom line and definitely increases your rate because yeah. people, people get attracted to good design, you know, um, no yeah. two ways, no two, two ways about it. Okay. So just, just to shift gears a little bit, you know, we're now going through another iteration of the pandemic and COVID, you know, we seem as if we were in the same place this time last year, we've yeah. got Omicron. Now we have some experience, we have some history, in yeah. terms of how to navigate this, the government's just announced a little bit of a support packages for people in the hospitality industry, restaurants, hotels, guest houses, and SA. Just share with me your experience over the last year and a half or two in terms of the pandemic and how it has affected SA and what your maybe learnings were from that in terms of someone who is keenly interested in doing service accommodation. Any any thoughts on that overall? Yeah, there is quite a bit of thought has gone into this. 
personally, I was quite lucky, I would say. I cut my losses quite nicely on my units, but only because we were in areas where the council really did step in and took over. So there was no losses. There was no wins either, but at least there was no losses. So the, uh, we acted very quickly and my management team really, really helped out with all that as well, you know. So I would say... The key, especially in your area, is to try to be able to cater very much for people that are coming into the area that are helping the, they can continue working during uh, COVID, you know, where you have tradespeople or people that need to live somewhere else or even for isolation, you know, when they're coming into the country. We're starting repeatedly again now, right, more red red list countries and so on people have somewhere to isolate and so on for coming in and also to be self-catered those units seems to go much much better than just room service accommodation and so on where you can actually take care of yourself without having to share space with other people right so my uh, it, it is a risky business, by the way, in a, in a COVID scenario. It is. It is definitely the riskier one. On the other hand, I'm not too sure I have uh, people that do work with buy-to-lets and so on, and they have had a lot of tenants that don't pay the rents. So I'm not too sure if that actually I have one lady that has done really well for herself and she almost gone under the last year and a half, like literally almost gone under. And she was a very wealthy lady and she had buy to let portfolio because so many people stopped paying rents. And just just to jump in there, just to clarify for our listeners with the buy to let sector, obviously mm. people pay a monthly rent and if they don't pay you've got to go through a whole price process of eviction correct. and work with them yeah. and service accommodation people pay you in advance correct um, yeah. if they don't pay they have to go they're only there for a short period of time so yeah. they want to go it's a quicker process isn't it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah because you don't have an ast and you have a short let uh, contract it's very very different and again i another thing i would recommend with people that are getting into the essays to have really good management that do check yeah. the people and have all the checks in place before yeah. you allow don't just see the money <laughs> no, indeed, indeed. Really, yeah. and, and in terms of how do you think your design has changed as a result of the pandemic. So if you had a blank piece of paper and someone said, look, I've just bought this four flats and I want to do SA, or I've just bought this building that I want to convert to four flats, yeah. uh, four one bedrooms. Yeah. Have you changed your, your design thoughts as a result of the pandemic? Has that influenced you in terms of, I suppose, almost future-proofing there you go. That's exactly it. Future proofing. So I, my concept these days, even on mid range, maybe not so much lower ones, I, but I don't really work with too many that's going low range because they wouldn't hire a designer. Right. So okay. it's not usually my area. So I can't really speak for that sector. But mid range to top range and really, really high end is where I'm working. Right. So I would say future proof in the sense of Make sure that that person, if they need to self-isolate, for example, or if they did get COVID and they have to stay there for 10 days, that they have comfort. Yeah. So you do have the coffee machine. You do have 
decent stuff in there that people go, wow, this is a little bit extra, you know, do supply shampoo and conditioner and stuff like that and put nicer pump things on the walls, even if it's mid-range, just have it very practical, refills and so on. Uh, that makes it very convenient, everything convenient and clean and tidy and practical. Brilliant. And I suppose this whole self-isolation, if you're doing rooms, then that can be difficult, a little bit difficult in a shared environment because you've got to access the kitchen. If it's a self-contained studio or, or apartment where there's already a kitchen in there, then that's obviously a lot easier. You know, with, I suppose a general question, do you prefer applying your interior design skills on apartments or houses? I prefer houses big time. (laughs) Houses is definitely the one where I feel that utilizing a designer really, really emphasize how much more you get for that unit using a a designer. Uh, Houses is the key. We do rooms as well. And what we usually do now, again, to make them as self-catering as possible is that we put in what we would consider serving stations. So there is a mini fridge and there is also a kettle and there is so you can actually warm up a, a meal quickly, you know, so a little microwave. But there is no cooking, there is no sink and so on. But we do put that in to make it slightly more convenient and that people can come in with their takeaway and still sort of sit in a room so there will be a, a chair or a, or a little armchair and a little table or something so you can plonk yourself there and watch a bit of telly and still eat a takeaway or heat up already made meal from a from a grocery store and so on so yeah I mean that, I mean that's great I mean I think when investors come into Stoke or crew they look at buy to lets they look at HMOs mm-hmm. and they talk about essay we we've been receiving a number of calls from people who are saying, look, we've got this three-bedroom house, you know, do you think I'll make more money doing SA as a result? I mean, there are some tax advantages as well, which they probably know that's why they're asking. But it, it's it's clear that they haven't employed the services of someone like you. They've just really done the basics. Yeah. Uh, and they could be good basics and they could be bad basics. Yeah, a lot uh, of times bad ones, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So. Yeah. So to give to give an idea, if, if if an investor bought a property and you know they budgeted something like it was it was just a, a buy to let and they budgeted let's say twenty thousand pounds for a refurb, what would they and they and they said, you know what, maybe we should look at SA. Yeah. How much extra? Because obviously now they're furnishing it. As buy to let you don't have to furnish it, but now they're furnishing it. But in terms of the a simple investor, can you give some sort of indication how much extra they would budget? I know there are these companies that are there that can say, okay, you've got a two-bedroom place, here's your furniture, here's your pitch, and they just bung them straight in yeah. and they fit it. But you know, just, just give us some input on that in terms of what your thoughts are for a, a two-bedroom, three-bedroom property. Yeah. So uh, let's let's take a two bedroom because that's an easy one to to sort of work with. So if you have a two bedroom and you have uh, renovated for 20,000, you mm-hmm. have involved me to to choose colors and things for you and maybe blinds and so on, you know. Mm-hmm. And I also help and guide along the way the project preferably, you know. So they can sort of we have 
a lot of times I work with my clients casually sending back and forth via WhatsApp group, right? So yeah. it's, yes, we are here now. What do you think? Does this work? Or do you feel this is okay? So they can get a bit of opinions and things from me mm-hmm. along the way. And then when we start furnish it, again, I ask my clients always, budget first of all how much do you expect to get from this have you done your due diligence in the area how much can you get let's say that they say yes it's 80 pounds a night i always assume that we will make a minimum of 20 pounds more per night okay that is the bare i always and then of course sometimes it goes down to 15 but but 20 pounds is sort of like where you should be with a designer more Okay. For that unit, right, per night. And that's quite a great, good uplift. I mean, if you're if you're at 80 and with a good design, you can elevate that to £100 a night. I mean, that's yeah. quite significant when you work yeah, for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I usually, uh, if they are new to SA, I usually advise them to not do one night stays. That's another one where you save yeah. an awful lot of money. Yeah. Uh, even three nights, don't even do two. Mm-hmm. But uh, it depends on the area. You can never say that that's the general rule to always do three plus because mm-hmm. in some areas that doesn't work. But never mm-hmm. one night. I just yeah. don't deal with one nights because it's a lot of work around essays. So uh, as a designer, you have to count a couple of grand just for the designer to get yeah. you the accessories and to help you maybe choose furniture, even if you want to use a lease company that where you lease the furniture. Yeah. Well, I usually recommend if you want to do it that way, I can help you choose from your chosen lease yeah. company. Yeah. I can do the packs for you. I can, I can talk to them straight or i can do it via my providers so i'm a furniture supplier as well right or we can do bits and bobs we can do a little bit from marketplace and we can do a little bit from that depending on the budget right marketplace is a great place to find a little bit of that used feel where it's not just look like a a showroom where you're feeling like a little bit more like a home and so on and we work a lot with marketplace actually the when you marketplace, when you, when you, I, don't, I don't know marketplace who, who are they what's the, the marketplace is uh, facebook's uh, selling page okay okay so yeah. just buying bits from yeah so i find bits in okay. the area i search for pieces but okay. that really can only work if i work with an investor that has either a builder that can drive around and pick fa- things up sure along the way or if the investor is is willing to do this to either cut cost or wanting to have that special one because if it's further away i don't have that service where i can sort out to go yeah. and fetch these things i am there to set up on the day and i will go and work really long hours i will bring an assistant and i will do all the stuff around it but a couple of grand from my service for a two bed Plus all the furniture and the accessories yeah. is what yeah. we're looking at. I mean, I mean that's very, very reasonable. And you know, given the quality of the work that I've seen, I think that that for any investor is is a worthwhile investment if they're considering service accommodation without without a shadow of a doubt. In terms of when you're advising people, you touched on it just now. Do you talk a little bit about? the marketing that they need to do or the little bit of research that they need to do in the area? Is that something that you do as a matter of course because you're a property investor yourself or is yeah. that 
an addition to your design service if they what if you want to do a little bit now you you know the last thing i want is other people to go down in a hole the first or the second property they're doing out there you yeah. know so i'm always listening out and trying to guide people to do it properly and to do their due diligence before and find out the price yeah. and also a lot of times i i almost give them a bit of homework yeah and, you yeah. know x y and z do this one for me so we get this right. I don't do the research in my price. That's an extra service. If they wanted me to find out the pricing and so on, that's an extra service. But it's not in my pricing as such, you know, my general pricing. So, uh, But I will give them a list to what they need to figure out themselves and how to do it. Because I know, and I have done it so many times myself, and I have set up at least 60 SA units at this point. So it's a, it's a lot of service wow. accommodation I've set up. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's a great that's, that's a great deal of experience as well yeah uh, that people yeah. can and lean on and that's great so in terms of an investor in 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 in, in stoke or crew or or neighboring newcastle looking at service accommodation do you have any tips of the type of properties i know that you know you've been working on some stuff in the yorkshire area and i've seen the outcome of those you know, should they go for larger properties? Should they go for that middle to top end or should they be firmly in the middle? Any 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 thoughts on that? I mean, should they buy, I'm going to throw out a number here. There's a three-bedroom house that you pick up for 150000 and then there's a three or four-bedroom house that you can pick up for 250000 in the areas. Now, obviously, it's going to be down to the numbers, but just in terms of your natural experience, and what you can do with the property and the different levels. Have you any input on that that could give our listeners a little bit of guide of where they want to go in terms of? Yeah, like I could say, it's first of all, again, so I would say to that investor, where are you looking at that house? Have you looked at what sort of clientele you will get inside? Yeah. You know, who are you aiming this one for? Right. So if it is a fancier area, if you have a beautiful town center or if you have Christmas markets or, or if you have other things around there as well, Michelin star pubs or eateries or whatever it is, whatever market is you're into, contractors or if it's higher end or if it's tourism during the weekends and contractors during the week, what are you after? What is your thought process so so that would be my first question to that client mm-hmm. who are you after mm-hmm. you know and what is it you're seeing yourself doing and then look accordingly okay. so it's, it's a tough one to say there is one formula fits all because that is not the truth sure. if you are in an area where you have a lot of industry for example you will get contractors right you will get people that are coming for courses or for starting a project or doing some educational stuff for that company or something like that and they will stay for one two weeks or maybe a couple of months right then you have the mid-market and then you have to look at the figures for the mid-market what is around the area and start doing the research and collect information to what they look like what is the standard like and and really look at the pictures really look to the standard of the pictures even right and when you do your your initial research for a client, you'll look at the competition effectively 
totally yeah and see yeah. and see where they're pitching you know you know are they using you know horrible dodgy secondhand furniture are they using ikea as a you know basic average you know oh. good looking and and then you'll pitch a little bit above that in order to cream off the clients that appreciate design yeah i mean it's no point in having a designer if i did exactly the same as everyone else right yes. that's that's why you would have a designer i would be quite disappointed as a client if if a designer came in and did exactly the same yeah. thing everyone yeah. else doing so the key is really to trust that that designer that one chooses can yeah. do an extraordinary job rather than just an average because that's why you hire a designer right so it's uh you want something that sticks out and you do want professional photography sure. i trail this into people pay the darn few hundred pounds <laughs> for a designer and get it done properly instead of yeah. trying to save 300 quid or whatever but yeah. that photography costs yeah i mean we live in an, an instagram era where photos sell totally it sells yeah. big time and you yeah. can do a lot of direct sales after you have put them on airbnb and booking.com and so on after a while you can just have a landing page or whatever you can even have an instagram account and you can do direct bookings from your pictures true it's, it's crazy how that works brilliant and just sort of wrapping it up a little bit now i just wanted to mention something on rent to rent some of our listeners are, are rent to rent investors i know you do a little bit of rent to rent any, yeah. any thoughts on rent rent for sa in terms of obviously you're renting an existing is there any design input there or would you just go with what you have and then you know turn it around and try and essay it as best you can uh, yeah, so if there, if, let's say it's a rent to rent with some furniture, I always try to work with that and we add some. Mm -hmm. And maybe we do some. I, again, I, I usually work with my clients stating that do spend the money on changing some colors and lampshades and add a little bit of oomph and don't get too scared of not changing anything because it's not yours, because it will pay back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also in general, I don't like the short rent to rents. Way mm -hmm. too many people go into rent to rent, which is only a two-year contract and stuff yeah. like that. For me, yeah. that's a no-go. I just okay. don't even touch it, and I don't think anyone else should either. I think it's too short. Okay, interesting. And you know, I have this conversation at least a couple of times a week, and I've mentioned it previously on our on, on our podcast. Well, in spite of you know the woes of covid and the pandemic what is actually done is actually rejuvenated the staycation sector totally, in, yeah. in this country and and, and that's one of the upsides now <laughs> so, so that itself should suggest that you know an airbnb are growing like crazy and you know hoteliers are seeing business that they've never seen before because people yeah. are saying we're, we're, we're not traveling overseas where's they're staying here so are you are you optimistic about the essay sector um, i am extremely optimistic and and one that i have noticed is that i have guests personally and i have friends that are doing the essay sort of area as well they have a lot of people that are moving from other countries they're coming into the country and as we all know as investors it's very hard to come by builders at the moment right and tradespeople, and tradespeople that are actually reliable and so on and we have plenty in our essays of people that have moved here but they're building 
construction work on their building that they had purchased from abroad is not finished. Yeah. So they're staying in our SA units for quite some time and they want that convenience again. They want it to be a home. They want it to be cozy and so on. So mm-hmm. again, it doesn't stop just because we might have another little hint of not being able to travel very much very soon again. It it just doesn't stop. There's always someone that is going to need that essay. Sure, sure. And finally, I know that you're working on a project up in, in Yorkshire in Skipton. And it was a I saw I saw the house. It was a horrible four-bedroom yeah. house which was <laughs> yeah. and ugly duckling. You know, yeah, absolutely. You turn it into a, a, a beautiful just just for our listeners' benefit. You know, what would that property have rented for as a buy-to-let? And what has been the highest either daily or monthly rent that you achieved for that same property for SA? Actually, this is a very interesting, Paul, because I have just uh, gone through the valuation. I've had two valuations on it. And also, uh, we are now on month three. Uh, since we finished this one. So I can give you very good numbers on that one, actually. So we know that if it was a, this is a luxury unit, I may add as well. So it's not mid-range, it's high-end, very high-end. And it's a four-bedroom house. We have changed all the windows and so on. And I purchased this property for 167,000, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. And we spent a good 100,000 on it. We went over quite a bit because we had issues with um, trades and so on. Mm -hmm. So we overspent with 25,000. And valuation, we had an estimate before for the area. We had a lot of due diligence, 260,000 was going to be the end value. And we have now got it valued to 330,000. And that is actually, if it was a business, it was be it would be uh, valued to 580. So in two years time, we go back and we change it into commercial valuation. And we just mm-hmm. add and get some money out. And net cash flow and something like that, we bring in about 3,800 now in low season. Mm-hmm. And it's fully booked till end of February. Amazing. So your your profit is three thousand eight hundred, and if you if it was rented as a buy to let, if someone rented as a eighteen hundred, yeah, eighteen hundred for what we have now. That will be the rent if it was eighteen hundred as a as a as a buy to let. Yeah, yeah, as it is today. Yeah, furnished. Okay, okay, but you're making three thousand eight hundred. Yeah, that's net per month. Per yeah. month. Yeah. I mean. I mean that's pretty amazing. I know it's high end, but in terms of that difference, yeah, it's a um, massive. In a buy to get, it's it's massive, and 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 that's a combination of the SA market, great design, mm-hmm. and and you re- benefit the end, and also the value. You've got you've got a great end value. Okay, yeah. so how can people find you if they need your services? The best one, uh, well, we have my website, which is Urban Rook. Rook is R double O K urbanrook.co.uk. So that's the easiest one. You can see a little bit of my work needs to put a little bit more of the new pictures on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ian Tech, but there is also, uh, you can write a message or, or contact me via that one. That's probably the easiest one. Or okay. find me on Facebook, you know, as okay. Olsen, Zabel. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll put, we'll put those details in the notes so people... <laughs> And to access you, and then we can discuss the project rather than having a set. I don't have a set sum for X amount because 
all of them are different. And also if you're a renter-renter and if it comes with furniture and so on, we always try to, to do the best we can with what we yeah. have. Right. So. Fantastic. Jessica, that was very enlightening. I, I appreciate your professional expertise and input in this particular area. I think it's an important area going forward and people that don't use the services of a interior designer are missing out on increased rates and uh, increased value of their property. So um, thank you for that. And we'll be in touch. Thanks okay. again. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. you enjoyed today's episode and if so please hit subscribe and share with those who you think would enjoy it too to get in touch with paul and amanda directly please visit their website www.essentialpropertyoptions.co.uk for more information we look forward to sharing with you on the next episode